That's all right, man. Uh, <laughs> what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Deutschland Football Hour. This is episode number three. Uh, Ryan had other things to do this week, so um, he w- he should be back with us next week. We're hoping, um, but if not, it'll just be me and James until um, until he's ready or has time to do it. Um, anyway, as I was saying. Um, we can talk about whatever we want on this episode. There's a lot of stuff that went on this week. Um, but I want to – just to start off, I want to focus on two things in particular. Mm-hmm. We've seen Dortmund had all the expectation going into the season, and obviously things haven't gone up to scruff. Um, and then Glogbach was a team that did so well in the Champions League and is, is finding it a little difficult in the Bundesliga. Um, so first I want to start with the Derby. Um mm-hmm. We can talk about whatever. Glogbach, Glogbach and Cologne uh, go head-to-head. And Cologne uh, has, at the moment, uh, the longest-serving manager in the whole league right now. In his wow. last 17 games against uh, um, Glogbach, he has zero wins. Um, he was <laughs> he was going through uh, some heat. He, they're only a little bit um, past the bottom right now. They're not in the relegation zone yet, but they're in points. And Glogbach's the team, obviously, that beat Bayern Munich a few weeks ago. And mm-hmm. now they do the impossible. Um, just to give a quick recap, uh, Cologne went up three minutes in. Glogbach got back into it. And then Cologne got another one at the end. And uh, to win a derby. And this is their second win against a top team in the, in the league. Because remember, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, they, they beat uh, Leipzig. Um, but anyway, <laughs> what are your thoughts on, on Cologne? doing it against Glogbach because that's a team that did really well in the Champions League and did beat Bayern Munich. I love so, it. I love it. You- the, the, <laughs> the Premier League fans would be like, oh my God, Farmers League. But in reality, this just goes to show that the Bundesliga is a top league because anyone could beat anyone. Even a team in bad form, you couldn't bet all of your eggs into one basket. I think that the game was, and tie was all over. Um, as for Gladbach, it kind of frightens me because Man City <laughs> this year is the most... Least Man City I've ever I've ever seen, and what I mean by that is, they're usually predictably great, and they've got Aguero on form, or they, mm-hmm. you know, in the past they've had Yaya Torre, David Silva, Leroy Sané. They've had pieces that are you know, world class, but this season they've got Ilkay Gundogan and Phil Foden showing up. If those players are able to do these magic, you know, magical, amazing things, what are their star players going to be capable of against a Bristol Munich Gladbach? Which honestly, man. I mean, them losing that last game to Madrid kind of set a bad tone. Even though they did get through, they were top of the group entering that match day. And now they're second, mm-hmm. which means they face Man City, which ultimately I don't think they have much chance in that tie. But um, in as for the league, I think they're definitely a top if, – if seventh place in the Bundesliga's qualification for Europa League, they're a great – they would be a great Europa League team. But in the Champions League – I just think they're around a 16 team. And unfortunately, they've declined from their amazing start to the season where they beat, I think they beat Shakhtar 10-2 on aggregate, if I'm not wrong, 4-0. It's 10-0, actually. Wow. uh, Shakhtar didn't get a goal off them. And obviously, they got one. I think they drew with Inter first time and beat them the second time. Mm Mm-hmm. Or some something like that. I mean, actually, I think they drew twice, and then obviously they uh, they beat Madrid or almost beat Madrid once. So they had qualities in the Champions League. So when this whole thing started, it looked like this was going to be a team that was going to push. And it, even though they they were a little hit and miss, and we have to say this, they have one of the best goalkeepers in not in just in the league, but in Europe. 
and they're still struggling. And there's a lot of, and here's the interesting part of this. And obviously it's, it's we, we want to focus a little bit on Cologne here because what they did for first time in 17 uh, tries uh, getting a three points against them, that's a big win and they beat the main Glogbach. But for me, it's it's kind of the futures of Mocha Royce, who everyone kind of thinks is going to be Dortmund's manager next season. And there's all, a lot of speculation that Newhouse is going to go there too. So this, this the team as, it, as it's constructed may be the last time we see this team in total uh, connectivity in, in that sense. Yeah, so I, it, it's, I don't know. I just find that interesting on top of all that and uh, didn't really utilize the substitutions the, the right way. And he made seven changes from his previous game. So a little risky business with there. But, I mean, for, for Glogbach to, to collapse, not to say collapse because Cologne can play up, but they don't have nearly enough talent. And Glogbach uh, kind of fall on their face to a certain extent. I don't know if it's more embarrassing than what Dortmund did, but, like, still, this is this is a team with so much ability and talent from top to bottom. It's just, like, uh, it's astounding, to be honest. And also, you mentioned the longest-serving longest manager in the Bundesliga as, a, as to date. You know, it'd be really depressing to see that cycle come to an end. Just because nowadays it's very rare that you see that sort of loyalty and long-term mm-hmm. project come into fruition. Like even, you know, the Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, dynasty. I guess that's just a very big exception. But um, you know, well, because if when you're when you're winning like that all the time, there's no reason to leave. And obviously, I think I put Wenger in a different category because he was there for so long. So I think he he's been in charge since 2012 or 2013 around there. Um, and there was and he has been under fire over the last uh, couple months. There's been a lot of speculation whether or not he will be um, sacked at the end of the season or he'll make this because Cologne was at the very bottom of the table, uh, even in the relegation zone for different points. And now that's their second win against the top tier team. Uh, they got a lot of work to do. But surely putting a performance like that where they were the better team, they could even extend it further and beating winning the derby for the first time out of 17 tries. I mean, so it just it just shows that every team in this league has the capabilities to have a have a, a moment or a day. And it's it's Cologne, it's interesting because their biggest issues happen to be the teams that are below them rather than the big they're, teams because like, like <laughs> No joke. Ironically, they're like their rivals, Borussia Mönchengladbach, with Bayern. In the sense of like, if you're a longtime Bundesliga supporter, you'll or viewer, you'll know that Bayern will dismantle any team except Borussia away. They lose that game every single season for some reason. Uh, Neuer, for some reason, just becomes you know, I guess Kepa. <laughs> no, I, I just want to say like. It's it's the one team that can beat Bayern and and vice versa, like the Robin Hood of the Bundesliga. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. um, Cologne, you know, it seems like the, everyone is their their Bayern Munich until today. And uh, you know, Schalke, we always we always mention that they're in a bit of a of a relegation scrap. Um, yeah, they got no chance now. They got done. pummeled by um, Leipzig, but. But for a team like Cologne, who was in that area, and they do have a game in hand against Bielefeld, so they do have a little space now. I think they're in, like, 14th or something like that. And this win certainly helps them. Um, but, you know, it, it's, I was shocked by this because 17 times Glogbuck showed up and didn't lose. And 
then, you know, Cologne and apparently scores their fastest goal that they've ever scored in the Bundesliga. <laughs> I think was, that's why that's what the announcer said. Inside three minutes, they go one nil up. But I, I'm still thinking that Glockbach's going to find a way to get back into this and absolutely, you know, pulverize them because, uh, you know, they they have a lot of really nice players. Yeah. And, you know, get back into the game. I'm like, here we go. But then, um, and I don't remember the guy's name, but uh, the guy who scored the first goal also scored the second. I could add a couple more if it wasn't for incredible goalkeeping. So it wasn't one of those games like it was like a moment of ecstasy. It was like they were the better team. And what the the result was was justifiable based on the performance. Hmm. I will tell you this, Elliot. There have been some shocks in the German league and Germany in general this year. Because do you remember when Bayern Mm -hmm. lost the penalties to a second division side? Yeah, like that. That was their full squad with Lewandowski, Neuer, Nabry, etc. I don't. I'm not yeah. gonna use that as an excuse to defend Borussia Mönchengladbach, but I will say that that kind of atmosphere, that kind of league in general, is very competitive from the top to the bottom. So it's the league that least surprises me that that will happen. Yeah. However, the narrative is always, unless it's like, uh, Borussia Dortmund against Schalke uh, in the past when they were actually good and they had Naldo. Puntelar and great pieces to their to their name. Unless it's like a big game yeah. like that, people wouldn't expect to see such an entertaining match or like such an upset, you know, quote unquote upset. I feel like it definitely does disservice mm-hmm. to the it, it does both. It makes amends for the fact that they call it a farmers league by going to show that the little teams can compete with the big teams. But at the same time, in the bigger picture, in the strength of the Bundesliga across Europe, it, it, it makes it makes Borussia Mönchengladbach look bad in this upcoming tie in a few weeks against Manchester City. Yeah, that's that can't help them because, look, I, I understand they have the talent. And I like Newhouse. I like uh, Lars uh, Stindl. And they have a lot of good pieces. Um, their left back is really phenomenal, probably making my team this season. Summers is unbelievable. Probably one of the most underrated goalkeeper, along with Handanovic, the last decade. So they have all these good pieces. And then they led a team like Cologne. And again, you know, every team can have a day, but 17 straight times they didn't have a day against this team. And, you know, for, for Cologne to do that to them, it's not that they won the game. It's that for, for uh, large portions, they were the better, you know, looked as the more better team. It's like it was like they were wearing opposite jerseys. <laughs> like if you told me that that team was Glogbach and the other one was Cologne, I would have believed you because that's the way, you know, they kind of played. And, um it means a lot because for, for those mm-hmm. players, I mean, you see how much it meant to them. And I love moments like that, where it's the first time you beat a rivals or like in the Freiburg game is the first time they beat uh, Dortmund in like 80 years or something like that. Um, so it, it's just like those moments have to mean, have some significance to not only that match, I think for them is just trying to focus that and like, taking it forward for the rest of the season. Not that, that Cologne needs to win the Champions League or get to the Champions spot, but just push themselves to a point where they're not worried about, like, relegation. It's just like I'm going to get – I'm going to throw an Italian example just because um, Genoa was was one of these teams that was in Italy, was, was at the way bottom. No one, no one really thought they had a chance to survive. And now 
month, month and a half, two months later, they're, they're closer to the top 10 than the bottom. And they're, I think, 11, 12 points clear. So, uh, you know, it just, it just proves what these statement games can be. And for, in their situation, I believe it was drawing with AC Milan. That really kind of catapulted yeah, them. So maybe for, for, for Cologne, this could be one of those moments. Because I think Cologne just wants to get into a point range where they don't feel pressured by relegation. The manager won't be a, feel pressured by the board because if, if they go down or survive by a point, it's likely that he'll be, you know, removed at the end of the season. So, and you can just see the, the emotions that went through them. And I think for them, it's just about keeping that, keeping that momentum going a little bit because we want to see Cologne may not have a ton of history, but they, they've been in the Bundesliga forever. So that's not a team we want to see get dragged down there. And from just the way I see it, they're significantly better than Schalke and some of these bottom teams. So it'd be a shame for them to be, but again, this is a big game. And um, for Glockbach, I, I don't know. I just, I kind of looking at them side eye just because that's a, you know, they had a couple of performances last couple weeks uh, that haven't been good. And now they have to go play Man City. And God, I mean, I, I can't imagine how they're going to even perform. And we talk about, you know, Bayern's going to destroy Lazio 12 nil on aggregate or something. Uh, if Glogbach can't perform well enough against Cologne, a team that's threatening, threatening relegation, at least at the moment, it's going to be almost impossible to basically take, take down a team that to me have already basically won the league. <laughs> and all they need to worry about is, is not doing the man city thing and choking in the, in the <laughs> champions league. Um, and I think I, I know this is a little off base, but I think Man City. I think we can put that in that in that collection of teams of one other before this that can actually win the whole thing. So I think, um, to, or what you say yeah. could beat Bayern, because I think at the moment it's PSG and, and recently Man City. Now that they sort of have their destiny in the league, I mean, if they win another game, they're like they're like eleven points clear of everybody because uh, they have the game in hand. So I don't know. I think this will often uh, help them in a ne- I mean, help help City and negatively against uh, Glockbuck after not being able to deal with a, a team like Cologne. I agree, I feel, but at the same time, could could a Borussia Mönchengladbach upset be what the league needs to get out of that farmers league narrative? Yeah, I think I, no. It obviously would help uh, if they beat Man City. Like, what I'm understanding is like, but again, they're all the Champions League. They win the treble, but the narrative is still there that it's a Farmers League. So, what would it take? You know, like, would it? Would all the teams have to win? Would Dortmund have to beat Sevilla? Would Borussia have to beat Man City? I feel like that would be the ultimate slap in the face because it's the best team in the Premier League, and it's a quote-unquote Farmers League team. Borussia Mönchengladbach that it's not Bayern. Yeah. So if they can beat them, people they can't <laughs> right. make the excuse that Bayern are too good anymore. Yeah, but you know people still will. The next year they're going to pretend that never yeah. happened. It's Because you, you're going to have, again, the 10%. I want to I make that clear because I'm not trying to, you know, I got criticized a few uh, month, weeks ago when Leroy Sonny came out with his comments that I was talking on behalf of the entire Premier League fan base. So whatever, 10, 15, 25% max. They're gonna they're gonna make excuses of why you know that was just a, a one off and that's not a representation 
of the qualities in the Bundesliga. Um, and, you know, we talked about this last week, but it's a lot of the players that the Premier League wants are all playing in Germany. So it can't be that bad of a league if all your their biggest desires are playing in that, what they say, Farmer League. The Premier League is always rumored around these players. Like David Alaba to Chelsea. I saw that so many times that I started to believe in myself. Neuer to Man City under Pep Guardiola once upon a time. Like... Lewandowski, yeah. Every Premier League team under the sun, <laughs> like, I, yeah. And then you have you have players that have obviously proven themselves that are, are now being thrown in the conversation. Everybody in the world wants uh, Leo or uh, Leon Gergatska from uh, Bayern. Um, um, is so. <laughs> rumored to the top three teams: Man City, Manchester United, Chelsea. Um, yeah, agreed. I think Bayern will get him. I just, I just have a feeling about you know, that. Of, of Tottenham Hotspur. He was originally a Bayern Munich youth project. Yeah. No one ever mentions it because he didn't come directly from Bayern. <laughs> he went to Southampton and then to Tottenham. So people discredit that, and I feel like part of the process is where it's like if a player can succeed in the Bundesliga and eventually in the Premier League, people should not ignore that. They should take into consideration that Bundesliga is a yeah. Right. And we have to remember, Union Berlin to almost beat Bayern. So uh, Gladbach beat Bayern. And there's other teams that uh, Hoffenheim, like, smashed them up uh, the first time. I think it was without Kimmich wasn't there. It wasn't healthy yet. But still, that's still an impressive victory. Uh, but obviously, Gladbach losing points to, to Cologne or losing to Cologne doesn't help the situation. And to flip it on the other side, and I, first of all, I would say congratulations, Cologne. Those were really big points for them. And first time to beat your rivals in 17 tries. Um, that's unbelievable. So I want to, I just want to make uh, that clear that they, they deserve all the credit in the world for what they've done. And hopefully they can keep it going the rest of the season. But on the other side of things you have, you look at the Dortmund has in, is in another one of those miserable situations. They lose to Freiburg for the first time. And I don't know what the number is, but it was a large amount of years the last time that Freiburg beat them. And, it's not that door were particularly bad. Um, the goalkeeping was excellent from Freiburg, and then they scored twice uh, within, I think, two minutes of each other. And then the 16-year-old Mokuku scores, and then to, to give him some hope, but uh, Freiburg getting a massive victory. In it, and then so kind of, you know, highlighting the frustrations that you and I have always had um, with the likes of Dortmund. You know what I mean? But Dortmund... Honestly, I, I've never considered them title contenders. They're just a feeder club. Okay, that's a little harsh. Ever since Borussia Dortmund choked that 10-point lead at the top of the Bundesliga, I lost all faith in them. That's just my personal opinion. I think they're a top team in their respective league. But when it comes to like the elite European clubs, they're just... If a player goes to Borussia Dortmund, it's just to get to a bigger club. Yeah, it's a it's it's kind of a stamping ground. That's why a lot of you know it it goes sort of the Glockbach to to Dortmund to Bayern, at least for some players. So it's it's a next step above kind of the the Glockbachs and the Wolfsburgs and the Frankfurts of the world, but it's 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 not the the ultimate destination. Like Holland, for example, he didn't go there to spend his whole career there. He went there to, to earn experience and try to get to the next level. Um, 
considering, I don't know, it's hard to say what's going to happen. I, I would guess that Marco Rose is their coach next year. I think everyone's kind of under that assumption. Um, but they're just – Dortmund, and I, I don't think this is the summer to do it because it's too risky. Um, but maybe, just maybe, it's time to cash in on Chancho and Holland, both of them, and try to fix the rest of the squad because – I feel like there's just too much to be said about, you know, the current state of things and getting that much cash would allow them to, to fix some of the holes. But again, it's it's risky because Holland and Sancho are unbelievable. Fifteen-year-old prodigy in and of itself, and also um, Giovanni Reina to replace Sancho in the center attacking mid position. Yeah, and he's had a better season than than Sancho, uh, at least. Uh, yeah, Sancho's kind of got got to see it the last couple of weeks, but most of the season, Reina has been the more imp- impressive uh, talent of the two and um, looking like a really good player for them. And he's very young, so I don't know. There's a lot of unanswered questions about what's going to happen with Dortmund this summer. Um, but I think they're in real threat not making the Champions League um, because all I see is Frankfurt and Wolfsburg keep winning. And Dortmund keeps struggling. And you cannot allow, uh, especially those two teams, with strikers on their kind of form, to, to, to open up a gap because it's going to be hard for them to close, even if they do have the best striker and, and well, the best young striker in world football. Definitely. You say best young. He, if it wasn't for Lewandowski within the same league, and honestly, in the same derby, or class, their classicer, you could argue that Holland would be the best striker in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I think, he, I think is it, it is fair to say he's second? Ronaldo's been playing left wing. And... Yeah, even if you even even if you classify him as a striker, I think you can still argue that Holland's yeah. at this point a little better. Um, Kane is the one that I, I other th- also think about um, because Harry Kane is, is the real deal. But playmaking play ability. Yeah, he's much better playmaker. He's he's got his assist numbers are crazy. Um, I like Holland more because of his physical physicality uh, and his his length. Um, because I think he's more dangerous to mark if you're like if you're theoretically trying to stop one of them. I think it's easier to stop Kane than it is to to stop Holland. So I probably lean Holland um, in that spot. But I think still it's it still is really close. But no doubt that Holland is in the top three for sure. I don't think anyone comes close after after Kane um, this season. You, this season he hasn't. You know, he, there are players in the league who have outperformed him. Um, obviously, well, Robert Lewandowski, Silva, and Workhurst. But you know, he's still based on like a game by game basis in the way he plays. It's hard to argue that there's another guy like that, um, other than Lewandowski, who's just he's just so good. <laughs> top players in conversation with him which in and of itself compares to like it, it just goes to show that he's a top player himself because if you have to name a, a whole list of top players to you know that are better than you know then that just says that speaks a lot about him yeah which i think dortmund it's it goes both ways they should be happy that they've got him but sad because they know they cannot keep him when Real Madrid comes calling or barcelona or manchester City, yeah they're just going to have to accept the fact that they're going to have to cash in. 
Yeah, I would guess it's going to be one of the La Liga clubs. I know everyone's saying City, but because everyone's so convinced that it's City, that's why I don't think it will be. I think just because a lot of people, when some of these are the bigger transfers um, were, were brought to attention, everyone was saying, you know, certain, you know, locations for players. And they're like, everyone's talk has talked about Juventus, Pogba, back to Juventus, but. I don't like because I don't like players flip-flopping between two clubs. I think it's not interesting. There's there's no real storyline there. But for the last, like, two years, everyone's saying that Juventus is Pogba. Juventus is Pogba. And because because everyone is so convinced that that's going to happen, I think it's why it's, it's number one, not going to – not happened. And number two, why it won't happen for Juventus. If, when, if Pogba leaves Man United, for example – He's gonna. I, I feel like it's gonna be one. It's either gonna be Atletico, um, Atletico, Real Madrid, or Barcelona. That's just the way I feel because everyone's so convinced it's happening. So on the Holland point, I'm everyone's so convinced that next season or two years from now it'll be Holland and Pep and City, and that's exactly I why I don't think it's happening. Man City are willing to let go of Aguero this, week, which is a little shameful because he's their best player ever. Um, but hey. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense why he would go to City, um, especially on, on, under Pep's uh, <laughs> judgment. Um, it would make the most sense. But still, I think that – I think – but everyone seems so convinced that it's happening. Like all these uh, fans on, on social media are acting like they have inside sourcing <laughs> on this situation. And there's not, there's been nothing reported about, uh, not that they're not interested, but there's nothing reporting about any sort of meetings. Yeah, nothing officially saying that there's not even the report that Man City will target him in the summer. Um, if there was that report, we know about it. And then maybe my, my answer on this would be completely different. We've already heard that Barcelona will target him this summer. So that's, that's more reliable to me. And I, un- I understand that Barcelona is not in their best moment, but if you add someone like that to Barcelona, even as bad as they look, there's certainly an opportunity. Like this, it, that certainly will be difficult to Absolutely. to turn down. You know what and I mean? So he would probably take yeah. Messi's contract with him. I know that they're in financial uh, hardship, but if they're going to pay anyone the big bucks, it's your certified number nine. Here's the thing, though. Do you think Holland? He looks up to Ibrahimovic. Um, because they have both a similar build. Do you think that Holland is going to want to play in a tiki-taka system? Um, maybe not, but I'm not sure what the, what other, what his options will be next this summer. It, it feels like it's either going to be stay at Dortmund another season or um, go out and play in Barca. Um, but you can say that, that that's one thing or another, but Luis Suarez did fine in that system. And they're a little different, but they have similarities between the two. So I think if Suarez can make it work at Barca, then so can Erling Holland. And I don't know who Erling Holland think is the greatest ever. Um, I would guess he's more of a Ronaldo type of guy, just personally, just based on his position, his build, and, and just the way he plays. But whatever wherever he ranks Messi all time, but you, you were playing at the very least at, at a, as a top two player ever. And that's hard to turn down. Cause you know how we always say on the apex, how 
Mbappe yeah. should really think about his decisions before he leaves because he'll never play with a better player than Neymar. Even if, even if you're playing with Messi at 34 years of age, like seriously, no one will ever he, – he, for the rest of his career, he'll never play with anyone better. So that would be a reason why he would um, – he would, would go with that. Uh, we're getting a little, a little off track here, but uh, as far as the, Dor- the Dortmund point, if they were to, I don't know, bl- bl- do you think they should blow this up or do you think they should run it back another year, regardless of, of European? Um, blow it up immediately. You know what I mean? <laughs> the European. Sammy was already losing value. He was $100 million and I don't know if Man United bid that, but I do know they bid 90 I don't think they can get 90 for him now. They want. Yeah, they want. No uh, they wanted uh, Dortmund one hundred and twenty, and and they wouldn't pay. Yeah, it, it is. It is a lot. But in the long run, do you think? I mean, obviously, getting rid of those two is something that's going to happen eventually. But if they were cashed in on it now, do you think they would be better positioned for you know trying to get uh, their team to a maybe not title contention, but getting a, a Dortmund team? At least in a better position to, to contend because to they have Holland as opposed to you know reinvest all of that back into like another top striker, then they could nurture talent that could give them a whole new identity. Because right now they're really just a Sancho Holland show, and that those are not even permanent players. They belong to Borussia Dortmund, but in reality they're just you know in the eyes of the bit, the highest bidder, that's who they belong to. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that um, Holland and Sancho obviously are the, the big stars and stars attract. Um, but I don't know what you say about, and I'm going to bring these two, these two teams up again, but Frankfurt and Wolfsburg, they have, they have really good striker. They have a worker and they have Silva. Those undeniably great players this season. But they have a team. It's not just them. Um, yes, they're scoring on a pretty regular basis. Uh, Silva's been on fire the last couple of weeks, but this, 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 on this occasion, this week, um, when they played Hoffenheim, it was the the yeah. Philip Caustic show. You know what I mean? It's like when they don't play, they don't need that, uh, t- you know, Silva to score two goals a game. Dortmund kind of needs Holland to score two goals a game because th- th- it seems like collectively as a as a as a team, Dortmund and Wolfsburg. Yes, they have – I'm sorry, Wolfsburg and Frankfurt. Yes, they have star players and, and the two strikers that they have. But when they don't play well, Frankfurt and Wolfsburg can still play well. Again, if they're not on the team, it's a different situation. But just based on game-by-game basis, those two, the way the, – the Wolfsburg and Frankfurt still play well, even if their striker doesn't score for a game or two, where it seems like if Holland doesn't score – and it's convincingly great. Dortmund seems to struggle, and again, Freiburg, unbelievable, beating them for the first time in uh, whatever where it was like eight years or something. Um, so again, it's like one of those things in the last you know a hundred tries or something like that. Uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know what the, the the math is on that, but it, it was the point is when the announcer said it had been a really really long time since uh, Freiburg had, had beaten them, and Freiburg's another team a little under the radar who's doing really well this season. Um, but my issue was the mental part of it for them to concede two goals so quickly. In, in, in the second half, when Dortmund had most of the chances and most of the possession, 
that was really, you know, checkmate to a certain extent. Because the first goal, I don't think you can do anything about it. The guy just hit a rocket into the top corner. On the second goal, and Roman Berkey didn't play, uh-huh. so his backup made kind of a mistake on the second goal. Um, but um, it, it's just that quick strike ability just killed them. And if in another scenario, when they're not so relied on one or two players, like a team a unit, um, I, I just feel like in games like that, they can't come back unless Holland is – is really doing something outstanding. And as good as Holland is, last couple of weeks has have not been kind to him, even though he did uh, score, I think, last uh, in Kazosburg. Actually, I don't think he did. Um, so, I don't know. It's, it's just a difficult one because I think they're so dependent on, on those two particular strikers. It's just – it's it's sort of that's their game plan, and they, they, need, they need alternative motives. And I know they don't have like a – legit coach yet but still it's just they have to be doing better than this and again they have who do they play in the in the champions league Dortmund. so i wasn't going to mention this on the bundesliga podcast but now that you mentioned it um yeah no we if as long as then it's within the conversation of bundesliga we we can go a little outside the box here here. um bar Bayern munich who i don't think you know lazio could win 10-0 in their next game and i wouldn't be convinced they're going through you know Aside from them, German teams, I believe it's Borussia Mönchengladbach, Borussia Dortmund, RB Leipzig. RB Leipzig, I believe they're playing um, Liverpool. That's an interesting They're playing tie. Liverpool. That's a, that's a different That's an interesting tie. And we'll, we'll probably get into this specifically in more detail on the other show. But I am, just because we're staying on the Bundesliga point, I'm convinced that they're that, – that, that RB Leipzig have a, wow. I think they have a, I think they should be favorites in this game. Liverpool playing, they're Liverpool are playing poorly. Yes, they're in the Premier League. The, the Premier League is gone. Anything that they can win in England is gone. So you could argue, okay, they're going to go in into that situation, and now Liverpool can go on a run. But what people don't, what people realize is they have that great attack, but. RB Leipzig, as this season is more constructed, they're more they're more a mature team. They don't make characteristic stares. And I'm not talking about Allison. That, if you're a great goalkeeper, that's going to happen to you occasionally. What happened against Man City? I wouldn't throw them under the bus. Um, if Liverpool, you don't want them, we <laughs> throw them back over here to Rome. We're having issues of our own. So, uh, but um, I think. The, the, the struggle is Tiago. That's the difference maker because he hasn't – yes, he's he's had moments and he hasn't – I'm not obsessed with the staff because he's – well, but he has none. So that's kind of a problem. But he hasn't played well enough. Um, and I I have more faith in the door, in the RB Leipzig midfield. RB Leipzig will make it as tough as possible in Liverpool. They will make them uncomfortable. And I think if they can – if they're even a goal back, if they're within goals of in the first leg, they'll have a great chance of, of taking advantage of that, you know, into leg two. And again, when you have when you have some of the egos on Liverpool, you never know what's going to be said in the press. And again, I, Nagelsmann isn't the, the mentalist that Simeone is, but I don't know. It's just it's hard for me to erase that Andrew Robertson moment from my head. Because it, it was it was so impactful on that tie, and yes, it's Simeone, and it's not you know Nagelsmann, who's probably the future boss of Liverpool. Um, because 
Uh, I'll, t- I'll mention this later, but I think there's I think there's a decent chance that Klopp, Klopp walks at the end of the season. But um, that we'll talk about that on the apex. I, I want to save that uh, for that. But um, but so, so given what Liverpool are doing this season, how they're struggling, certainly the things that they're they're going through this season, uh, it's not their fault. Their defense has injuries, and that's going to happen. But they still have to be doing better because they're right. they're not beating teams like West Brom, Burnley, and and Brighton. You know, that's a problem. Uh, yes, okay. Leipzig lost to Cologne, but Cologne just beat Gladbach, and it's not like Brighton is taking down Man City or taking down uh, one of these big whatever. That's not really the point. The point is, I think just from a mental point of view, um, Leipzig is just in a better space right now, and they will make it difficult. Um, and I'm just a little worried that Liverpool fans kind of look at this. Because of the same thing, because of the, the Farmer League narrative. Scuff at it and start already thinking about the quarterfinals. And I think that's that's the that's a, a one-way <laughs> trick to sitting watching the rest of these games from, from their couch. So I think I think Leipzig actually is has a good chance of of going through. Um we've seen what they can do at their best. If they're at their best, if Liverpool at their best, even this season, I think Leipzig has a slight advantage. The other ones are in big trouble, though. <laughs> like outside of Bayern, Leipzig is fine, but but Dortmund and Gladbach are in massive trouble. I don't. I think Dortmund probably goes down, and I think um, I think Gladbach obviously goes down as well. Uh, so it's, it's a little hard to take at this point, but from a from a Champions League point of view, it's certainly a difficult thing to look at. Kind of makes me think that Holland will have a great game at the Ramon Sanchez Bihuan, the Sevilla Stadium. But believe it or not, like Dortmund, Dortmund are not that strong at home anymore. Yeah, the, the yellow wall used to be a fortress, but now it's <sighs> not as impactful as as the well. Without fans, yeah. it makes it, it makes it impossibly difficult. But so, but and Sevilla added Papu Gomez, a in my opinion, top ten player in the world of. Other people's opinion, maybe top, but he's at least a top 15 player in the world. So if you look at just all the components of Sevilla and then they just added a superstar like that, who in his debut, not, not this game, but the game before that one shot, one goal from outside the box. So it seemed like he's, he's, he's right there and he played well today as well. And they're playing him in a very attacking minded position. So I don't think Giroud gets to do what he just did. Uh, you know, or a t- player like that can do that against yeah. a Sevilla team that's just, you know, just beat Barcelona and are are looking good. And they just, again, you added an incredible player in Papu Gomez <laughs> who was already kind of looking like he's been there for six months. <laughs> so it, it's just difficult. And again, he only has one goal, but like, just, I'm not, I'm not talking about the stats. I'm just talking about the way he's played since he's been there. He hasn't played for months. He comes in and, you know, he just he's picking up where he left off. He's just wearing a different jersey this time. So yeah, so it's it's, it's going to be difficult with those as well. But Dortmund, if you have Holland, you have a chance because he can score a goal at any point. Oh, but I, I, I'm just a little fearful of, of all that. How can we forget Bayern Munich are away at the Club World Cup and yeah. they just qualified for the final? Now they will be crowned world champions when they beat Tigres, which. I just, I just only have prayers for them. See, Grace. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think it could be close, though. I don't know. T. Grace is is. 
they didn't wipe the floor with the other team that they played either. So I, I, I think it'll be like 2-1 or something like that with proper Lamandowski playing guys. But what, with, with that happening, so. the Champions League schedule is still the same though, right? Yeah, so if, it was, if they're playing other, any other team other than Lazio, and Lazio are playing really well right now, but I, I'm sorry, with the team that Bayern have, um, there's not a place on the pitch where Lazio yeah. has advantage. As good as Kiro Mogley is, he's just not Robert Lewandowski. As good as Savage, and, and, and Savage is unbelievable. One of the best, player, the best midfielders in the league this season. And Alberto, who always seems to have a great game against big teams, um, they don't have the... the the, the weapons that they have that they have in, that Bayern has in the midfield. So that will be tough. But under any circumstances, if if this went on and it was like an Atletico or something, I'd be a little worried because of the they're out, they're over there. They're, they're then they're I forgot where they're playing the game, but but it's just gonna there's gonna be some fatigue, I think. So I think I think this match could be closer than people think. <laughs> um, but the second leg should be like overall, a massacre. Yeah, <laughs> Byron, for some reason, they can lose a Thiago and get them. And they can lose a David Alaba. Well, actually, that, that loss definitely yeah. makes them look way, weak, way weaker and more symbolic in defense. But every other facet of their game is, is polished like a crystal, yeah, but like the ball and door squeaky clean. That's how good Byron is right now. And they've added Leroy Sané, who imagine if he was playing yeah. at his match and the best, what they would be able to do. Yeah. And he'll get there. I think by next year, he's there. no one's going to question that move at all. Um, and then the crazy thing, and I, I, I always bring this guy up because it's always necessary. Um, Joshua Kimmich has more assists in the defensive midfield position than any of Lazio's attacking midfielders combined. So it's going to be difficult when you have a weapon like that and Alfonso Davies. That's the one part Lazio should try to attack because we know he's great defensive. I'm sorry, in the attack. He's not as good defensively, so he can be exploited. If Lazio are going to get a goal, they have to target that part of their defense just so they can get enough space inside the box. But even if they get inside, then you have to deal with it. It's like you have to beat Alfonso Davies and company. Well, first you have to get through the midfield of of Grogatska and Kimmich and Mueller, you know Mueller and all that stuff. Then if you if you if you can pass them, then you have to cut into a defense with Alfonso Davies uh, and David Alba and others. And then even if you get inside of that in the box, if you beat them, then you're looking at a top three goalkeeper in the world, and you have to beat them too. <laughs> so just the process of scoring against a Bayern. Is different, and it's it's different than the Bundesliga because the Bundesliga they see Bayern every season, twice a year at the very minimum. They're more, they have more to 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 take away from a Bayern Munich. Where Lazio just watching film on their season and trying to find a way to beat them. So that's why I said in the past. I I just think they're not they're going to win the Bundesliga, but I'd be shocked more shocked if they if they didn't win the Champions League just because. It, they're just they're just a team that that has so many, uh, you know, strengths. It's just like, and I feel it, like it's a team that's almost perfect in some senses. They're like ridiculously overpowering everyone else. Like they have to be head and shoulders above everyone to win the competition. Like I don't know why last year, 
by the way, we, we always say that they were lucky to win that game. But in reality, if they didn't win that Champions League, you would ask yourself, what on earth would it take for them to win it? Yeah, they look in the Champions League final. We've mentioned this a bunch, but they, Kingsley Coleman had one moment. Neymar was excellent, best player <laughs> in the pitch. I mean, it's funny how the, the media made it sound like he played terrible, <laughs> but but uh, I don't know, just just a tidbit there. But basically, Kingsley Coleman had one chance. He killed, he he made it, and Bobby had five. He didn't. I mean, that's the game is win is won and lost on those you know situations. Um, and obviously, you know, it, with a new coach, it's going to be interesting to see the transition to PSG. But, but Bayern, you know, that's that, that's what that in a in a weird way that shows how great they are. They can play not up; they can be outplayed and still win. And that's the problem with beating them. Yes, you can have a moment. So PSG outplayed them for one, you know, one ninety minute game, right? But it, Lazio can get them once, maybe. Maybe they outplay them in, in the first leg. But they're not doing it two time, two no. games in a row. It's just not happening. No one can outplay Bayern Munich two games in a row. So the best chance to beat Bayern is in the Champions League final. <laughs> if you're not in the Champions League final against Bayern, or you have to take them down over two legs, even if you're PSG or Man City, yeah, it's going to be really difficult because you, this is not a team you can typically take down twice. If you can take them down once, because we saw in that game in the Champions League final, PSG outplayed them. But could they have repeated that performance the next week? I don't think so. That was as good as a performance from PSG as they possibly could have put together. So that's what makes it so difficult for me to, to even entertain the fact that somebody else can take them down. Now, if it's an individual performance like Neymar or, or Mbappe or Felix or um, uh, KDB or somebody like that, I, I kind of get it. But mm-hmm. it's still going to be really hard for them to lose two games in a row. Regardless, you know well, what I mean? Well, obviously, we have to stay within the Bundesliga. But what about – I mean, we mentioned Union Berlin in recent – Yeah. In the last week's podcast on how they could potentially go for that top six spot. Once they make it, I'm, yep. I'm just fearful that they could get smashed yeah. in Europe by the top team and, and stay in the Bundesliga reputation a little bit. Yeah, um, I don't know, though, because that's a team that's not supposed to make the Champions League. Um, and with with a team like that, and, it, you know, they, they, they last week they looked, you know, like a team that could potentially break into that. Um, at this point, if there was an underdog team, Freiburg looks like a, a team that's more likely to be able to do it. Uh, the Union has kind of lost their way a little bit. Um, but if a Union or, or – we can even put Freiburg in this. If a Union Berlin or Freiburg made the Champions League get blown to bits, those same people will make that, those same arguments about, oh, well, the, the Bundesliga is a terrible league. Look at what we did to them. Because, you know – and I, I'm only going to bring this up because I think this is a, yeah. a reflection of what we could see. Remember when Liverpool beat up Atlanta 5-0 in, um, in Bergamo? Everyone was trashing Syria. I basically defend my league for, for two weeks afterwards because they were saying, oh, this is, this is the mighty Atlanta and this and other thing. And then, okay, they got, they got beat up. Zabata still gave them plenty of trouble. He just couldn't do everything by himself. And on top of that, they won't win and beat them a second time. But, but on, on, 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and again, Anfield without fans, but still, it's still pretty impressive. Um, and the, that's the problem, a, a situation like that. And what, what, the, what the media and the, the Premier League fans are not aware of is that Alonso team was kind of broken up at that point. It wasn't the same Alonso team. If, if they had played the Alonso team from last year or the year before that, it would have been much more difficult than both legs because they lost certain pieces of that Alonso squad, which made it great. Um, and uh, so if Union or Freiburg get into Europe and they're smashed, even if Bayern win the Champions League in the next three years, they'll still bring up how this is a farmer's league. Because I remember back in the day, a few years ago, when people were, were arguing Trent versus Hakimi as far as who's the better player, and there were so many people that were making the, the – you know, they were talking about them and they said, I'll take Trent because Hakimi plays in a farmer's league. And that's the problem with with this is if you're not watching the Bundesliga, your opinion on it isn't going to change. You have to actually sit up and watch these games and at least keep yourself educated on the subject. Um, for example, I'm not watching the French league every every week or anything like that. But I, I, I have on my Spotify playlist, I have a podcast that's just about the French League. Not because I need to know everything, but it helps me understand. And so I have some respect for if I'm going to, if I'm going to say something against the French League, it has to be valid based on what I know. Where the Premier League no, fans aren't. No, they don't have – they're not listening to podcasts about the Bundesliga or watching Bundesliga. So you, how are you going to come <laughs> – how are you going to sit – go ahead. How are you going to sit up here and say that the that the Bundesliga is trash if you don't watch it? Like, how do you know? Um, and again, I just have a feeling that this conversation is going to come up in every episode. Um, but it, it's just so it's it's good. Like you brought it up, if a Union Berlin or Freiburg make the Champions League, they'll the excuses about how the Bundesliga is trash will come out again because. Yeah, because this team lost to this team. That means th this team sucks. I'm sorry. Any team that makes the Champions League, the Europa League, are good teams. They're there for a reason. They earn their spots there. It's not like they just randomly picked a team in the middle of Germany and threw them in the Champions League. Said, go and get it. You know what I mean? For that narrative to change. Um, and it's just going to take something spectacular. But not just. You remember when Ajax beat Madrid? They didn't just flukily win the, beat them by like a penalty. They outclass them with every single they, goal. They annihilated the them. And the free kick from Patrick Strong. The second... Yeah, this... Yeah, the second leg of that game was one of the most humiliating Real Madrid games I've ever seen. Like, it was... I mean, <laughs> I, I know you're a Spain... Do uh, you like Real Madrid, so I'm not going to reopen the wound too much, but they were... They, they were ripped apart just like... Um, like on a regular basis. And they they scored the first goal in the first leg that was, I think, wrongfully uh -huh. taken away because uh, VAR swiped a first, uh, goal by Isaiah in that first leg. Um, so that just highlights that, you know, it, it's kind of – I know it's not technically Bundesliga related, but it seemed like that can, can get you. So if Freiburg get into the Europa League or Union Berlin get into the Europa League or whatever – they can go up against a, um, I don't know who would who be dragged down there, but like a like a uh, Tottenham or something like that, and beat them. And so I, I think it's just, it's obviously 
we can rank your favorite leagues in whatever order you want, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't just classify uh, leagues by farmer leagues. You can say that's my fourth favorite. <laughs> that's my third favorite. I like this league and this league better than this league and this league, but those leagues still have quality. And I think that's the problem. It's like they have the, the two leagues or the one or two leagues that they like the most. And yeah. then they make that and the whole thing way, about anything, how the other, the other leagues the you don't watch. Are football have all said it's all about respect. Um, and I don't think the Bundesliga has much to, it, I don't think there's much that needs to be done from them because they have some of the greatest fans in the world, the yellow wall, for example. Borussia Mönchengladbach, even 1860 Munich have one of the best fan bases in Bayern Stadium. Yeah. Another one. Yeah. Yeah, Another is, I I think, uh, I don't, they're not in the Bundesliga yet, but Dusseldorf. People... People make fun of, of you know, when, they ha- when they're going in on the road in, in these European competitions, they, they use Dilfeldorf as like that, the, the, the city uh, that, that they sort of, you know, mock when you're going to, a, a, like, in the middle of nowhere. That's sort of their, the, the team that they use. But Dusseldorf has great fans. They have a great stadium. They have some history there. And, um, yeah. yeah, so – and Hamburg. I mean, Hamburg needs to come back to the Bundesliga. Me and Ryan have been advocating for Hamburg to come back for a long time because they're, in terms of size, they're bigger than most of the teams that are in this league right now. They would probably be no less than the second or third biggest team in Germany because they have a European Cup um, and they have, you know, they've had a lot of success and it, it sucks. It's like we're going through the same with Schalke. Wow, and I'm I'm just a little worried that Schalke's uh, gonna just come down, go down, and never <laughs> come back. And um, that's just a uh, yeah, they're so bad though. I mean, this this kind of reminds me of that um, the Derby County team from many years ago who finished the league with 12 points or something like that, one win, and I think it was like 35, <laughs> um, you know, whatever losses and three draws. Um, this is historically bad and. Again, uh, for, on the Schalke point, you can't just continue to rely on a 18-year-old American striker who scored one hat trick once and has has a few other goals sprinkled around to get you to where you need to go. It's like it's it's almost impossible for them to escape. Um, if they were to escape, I, I know um, a friend of the show, Jack, was talking about Sheffield uh, Wednesday or sorry Sheffield United, who's having a really Poor season. Um, if they had, if they escape, it would be the greatest uh, escape in football history. Uh, and I, I respect that. And I think obviously it's up there. But if this Schalke team somehow doesn't get relegated, that would be the greatest escape in the history of football. I think <laughs> because like they're misfired. They're so far they away from no safety. It's don't. a joke. <laughs> they have no pieces at left. They're like, it's like trying to start a car <laughs> and you keep selling the engine parts. You know, like they had Huntelor, Kolasinac, which they brought back, but to one, to what, it, to what hope? Yeah, and they're like nine yeah. points from from the from the next from even potential safety, because um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, but BFL has seventeen points; they have eight. And if you want to go a step further, Hertha has in seventeen points. And, you know, also, um, that's another team that really needs to get themselves together. 
there's been a lot of of changes in the in the uh, front office, as you would say, um, about this project. They've gone through a few managers. They have uh, the manager they have. I think is his third time um, doing it, and uh, that's another team that. At one point, I think they were in the Europa League that are also finding it very difficult. And yes, they are, they are more likely to survive than, than Schalke. But it's another team that has some serious issues um, pulsing through them as of late. Um, and you saw it in the Frankfurt game. They had a little hope when Piontek scored that goal. And then it's just like they were hit so fast with Silva. And um, I don't remember who scored the rest of the goals, but, but – uh, yeah, it's another team that I think, if you look at the bottom of the table, that really is something. Um, it's unfortunate, you know what I mean? Because that also, team was in the Europa League not that long ago. They've, um, they've had Pionte. So anyway. <laughs> they used to have this guy called Adrian Ramos, um, who eventually transferred to Borussia Dortmund. Like, they've had some interesting attacks over the years. But they've just slowly fallen, fallen away into a potential second division side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have Matthias Kuna too, who's caught the interest of many big clubs. So uh, they have, uh, I think, no, he played, never mind. I was thinking of Boyata, but I think he plays for Hoffenheim. But, uh, um, you know, they still have they still have enough in that team to do something. Yeah. Uh, remember, I, early in the season, they almost beat Bayern. Remember this? It was a 4-3 game. They kept... I think Bayern had gone up a bit. They they basically came back and then late they hit they scored a goal uh, to equalize. Obel's getting a point and then you know Lewandowski got into the box yeah. and they made one mistake. He's taking it down and scored the penalty to beat them. Um, you know the but Bayern win, but but mm-hmm. that was you know I me mean? probably from an entertainment perspective that was probably the best game in the Boost League this season or at least one of them. Um, but you know, so you can see in that game that they have qualities. They just they just don't have a good handle on on that sort of thing, and that's just the way they're going about all these different ideas. But and they, I listened to a Bundesliga podcast with um, the Bundesliga guy from the Athletic. Um, I forgot his name, but he's very well known, and I think he's on ESPN FC sometimes. Um, and he was talking about how this there's this whole new project and. The, they have like an uh, an upcoming election about who's going to be president. So there's a lot of misfortunate things that are going on all at the same time. While Hertha have to still pick up points and try to to corral through. Um, this has definitely been anyway. an interesting episode, though, Elliot. And I feel like as the season progresses, we'll start to see who can genuinely make the top four and like solidify. Because as we were talking about with Barry Leverkusen, they seem to either be hot or cold. Yeah, they. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but that they they. Uh, Stuttgart is a good team this season. Uh, they are in tenth place right now, and Bayer Leverkusen scored I think five in that game. I think it was five two to uh, Leverkusen. Really great game. Um, and um, the midfielder uh, Florian Wirtz, uh, the highest scoring, um, the youngest high scoring player in in Bundesliga history. He's got five goals this season. So, and that's another team that they still are. See, it's the problem is Frankfurt and Wolfsburg are just playing out of their mind right now. And I think both Wolfsburg and Frankfurt are in contention for second place. I still think Leipzig will probably take it down. But like, again, Leverkusen, another great performance. And 
that's another team. Like, if, if you think about the Europa League, that's that's the one. Like, as a Roma fan, that's the one team I'm worried about. I want them to be eliminated as quickly as possible because I would want to take that down that team over two legs. Because look, you have Leon Bailey, you have Diaby, you have Wirtz, you have Bellarabi. I mean, you and the list goes on. You have a good goalkeeper, and um, you have a Jonathan Tay. So it's 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 a big. Uh, I wouldn't call them loaded, but they're a very deep team. And yeah, so that's another yeah. team that's actually really done well this season. Um, and they list and remember they they don't have Kai Havertz anymore. So like, it's a whole different situation ball game for especially a team like Leverkusen, and obviously. But again, I think Wolfsburg and Frankfurt uh, just lately have been phenomenal, mostly because their strikers keep um, scoring. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's another team. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with this, this European race. And I think even the bottom is pretty. Um, it's going to be a pretty interesting race as well. With uh, obviously the, 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 the bottom three, and then Hertha and Cologne um, being involved as well. Indeed. Um, all right. Do you have any uh, things you want to mention um, or talk about uh, before we head out? Champions League restarting. Um, we'll see how the teams that are in European contention are, you know, maybe they fall into fatigue or the teams that are still in the Cups, how, how their schedule varies from the teams that aren't competing for that. Like, for example, if you're stuck in a relegation battle, chances are you're not in a Champions League tie. And therefore, <laughs> and therefore, you have all of your energies focused on that. Whereas like a Bayern Munich, for example, they're at the Club World Cup. And then after that, they have to go to the Champions League. And after that, they have to obviously stay at the top of the Bundesliga. So they've got a lot on their plate. And so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how they balance things. Whereas like a Borussia Dortmund, they've only got... Well, actually, I think that they're still in the Cup, if I'm not wrong. And they are in the Champions League. And hypothetically, they're still in the title race. So... They've also got a lot to do. So, so we'll see who can keep pace. And it'll be an exciting thing to, to keep track of, Elliot. And I can't yeah. wait to be here next week to be able to cover it. Yep. Absolutely. Um, hopefully, uh, Ryan will be back with us. Um, but if he's not, well, um, I think we, we do this all the time. So this is this is just, uh, this quick breeze for us. But uh, hopefully... Um, Ryan comes back with us next week because obviously as a Premier League fan um, with his team Arsenal in the Premier League, I'm actually really interested in what his kind of perspective is on the whole. I kind of know because I, I record with him all the time, but, but like, um, you know, the farmer league um, aspect mm-hmm. of the, you know, the narrative that Premier League and going back to those like uh, the Arsani comments, but um, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, yeah. So, so we'll, we'll see what happens next week. And, uh, Make sure to, to uh, check out the Football Apex uh, <laughs> this Saturday with me and James again. With this world be more than just Bundesliga stuff, um, but we had to, we had to keep it a little Bundesliga centric because this is a Bundesliga.